Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home every day from there. And now, here's Jerry Springer. Oh, please, don't get up. Please, please, honestly. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, what, 10,000 people here. This is, It's yeah. unbelievable. How did we run this had place? To, yeah, it's unbelievable. I had to reconstructure the city yes. for this. And by the way, tonight, yes. among these 10,000 people are Megan's mother and father. So can you yes. dial back the liberalism just, just slightly? Oh, maybe? for them, yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think they're uh, kind of maybe Rush Limbaugh-y or at least, <laughs> oh. or at least conservative. Yeah, yeah. Or more conservative fair than and, we are. Yes, we're not balanced, but we'll try to be fair. <laughs> We're hey, unbalanced. Check this out. You know, we, you know, we have the celebrity hotline. Yes. I swear, the people who are calling in, it, it's impressive. And the most recent one is Miley Cyrus contacted our Miley celebrity Cyrus hotline. Miley Cyrus did not call this hotline. Trust me. Miley Cyrus contacted us, and here's why. What? She needs your advice because I'm going to play this. Well, let's just play the message. David, can you play the message? Hey, Jerry, from this is Miley Cyrus. Listen, pretty punk. Dating this awesome dude, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Turns out, though, his family's, like, way political. If I'm going to marry him, i got to learn how to be a political wife. Figured you knew something about that. So get me back when you get a second, Chair. Just asking That's, you to call her back to give, give her, her advice? political advice because oh, she, she's you, well, you going to be who a Patrick Kennedy. Schwarzenegger is. Well, yeah, Arnold and Maria's uh, son. So you got the and Schwarzeneggers and the Kennedys. Cyrus, they're... Yeah. And she wants advice from me? She wants advice from you. I'm, first of all, curious as to why she's calling you. Do you well, have... Well, we go way back. <laughs> now, you Wait. know I have this little thing here he called the, the lie, lie detector. The lie detector? <laughs> tells... Well, well, I'm going to turn this on. Okay. I might ask you to repeat that. Uh, but anyway. Okay. Uh, our daughter, Katie, uh, actually babysat uh, Miley uh, Cyrus. Well, now that's interesting. I have yeah. this on, and that it so far. And it didn't has... break into a lie yet. No. Then I'll keep going with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. What happened was this was years ago. Obviously, she was uh, she was very young, and I took Katie, who likes country music. I took her to Nashville for the weekend, and while I was strolling around in Nashville, we see that Billy Ray Cyrus is going to be performing. Well, this is great. So Katie says, can we go? I said, sure, hon. So we go and we sit in the audience. And I guess before he came out, one of his people or whatever, they saw that I was sitting there. Mm -hmm. And so they came up to me and said, Billy Ray would like you to come backstage. He wants to meet you. And Katie's all excited in that. And I said, well, I don't know, Billy Ray. Well, we go backstage. And sure enough, poor Billy Ray, he was a fan of the show. And his wife was a fan of the show. So he puts it on the phone. And I talked to his wife backstage. And then he says, after the concert, will you come 
uh, to our home. And, you know, we'd like to have a drink or whatever. So far, everything is the truth. This is, this is not This is on. all God's truth so far. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, Jerry, so just to, just to prove yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, did you do a show today, your TV show, that you are proud of? I am very proud of all the shows that I do. And that, and okay, that, that, okay, so it is working. That's, the, that's we BS have confirmation. there because I said that. Anyway, go on with your story about Miley Cyrus. So he invited you back after his concert. And I'm getting nervous. Katie's a young girl. And, yeah. And, and, you know, our daughter, and I'm in a strange place. And he lives like 45 minutes outside of Nashville. So he says, well, just follow us after the concert. So I'm driving through the backwoods and... All of a sudden, we're going up this mountain. I mean, it's not like a suburban neighborhood. Mm -hmm. it's, it's real rural. And it's late at night. It's 1130 at night. And, you know, Katie should be getting to sleep. Finally, we come to their home. And there is Miley. And Katie babysat her. Katie babysat for well, Miley Well, okay, that's, I'm going Brian Williams on you now. Uh, <laughs> I'm exaggerating it. She was sitting in the living room with Miley, who was about six months old. So they shared space in a room. Right. And gotcha. Billy Ray says to me, come on, I got these four wheelers. Come with me. I want to show you something. So I get on this four wheeler. You know, I can't get on a four wheeler unless it's a, when I'm going to the home. Uh, <laughs> so I get on a four wheeler. He's on a four wheeler. He says, follow me. And he's, we're going through the woods up a mountain. How long ago was this? it's pitch black. And honestly, achy, it was breaky heart achy, era. breaky heart yeah. era. The, the, I cannot, I'm, I'm trying to picture you on a four-wheeler. It's yeah. just... And now I'm getting scared because this was in the 19... This 90s. was before we had cell phones. Mm -hmm. Seriously. So there was not a human being in the world knew where I was. My daughter is in a home. No one knows where we are. What's going on? We get to the top of the mountain and there's this TP. Really? No, this is true. Because his background is Native American. Yeah. And then he says, come on, I want to show you something. And he says, come into the tent with me and all this. And I'm thinking, this is a bad headline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to end very and then badly. And totem pole there, and he's very spiritual. So he's really serious about this, and I want to be respectful, but I'm getting nervous. And he says, you want to come inside? I said, well, no, I think maybe, you know, Katie's back at the house there. So the end of that story is that he invited me to open for his concerts on tour. So I opened for Billy Ray. So that's what that. happened yeah, to his career. That. That's, that's what it was. And that you ended, ended it. Career. And that <laughs> Completely was, ended I've closed it. better careers than that. <laughs> so now... So now Miley is turning to you for advice. Well, the reason she's turning to me is because my daughter... Well, okay, she was six months old. But she saw me. Mm -hmm. I mean, her eyes were open. And, and, and I, she was smiling. That wasn't gas. <laughs> She was smiling. You can tell when a baby really recognizes her. And admires you. and respects you. And I you. think that's why she's calling. <laughs> and, and why is she calling? Well, she, so, want, so she wants now, your advice. And she's, so you're sort of like, you know, there's a godfather. You're kind of like a god-grandfather to her. And she's turning to you because you have a political background. You're no one in my Marisons family and turns to me for advice. Well, um, They know you better. Yeah. Yeah, it's this true. can't be good. No. So, so what is the I, Here's what I think we should do. Well, what do you want to do? This is I crazy. think if David... Bruce, our uh, technical engineer, tells me we can do this. He seems to think we can, that we should call her 
I have her phone number because I know people who know people. So I've got. You don't her. know anybody. I, I got. I, I got. I have Let's her phone be number. Gene, what do you go to one of these websites? Well, You're the kind of guy that in Hollywood you take the bus ride to see people's homes. Well, that's probably true, and, and, and I'm sure she does not know me from a bucket of paint. But nonetheless, I have her phone number. What I'd like to do is this: I like to call Miley Cyrus. I'm not call hope Miley she's Cyrus. there, answers the phone, She'll call the police. and we will on the air give her. We could give some advice to yeah. a Megan, a young woman who's marrying into a political family. A Kennedy family. A not, Kennedy, yeah. not just any political Camelot. family. <laughs> yes, can, into is, Camelot. Uh-huh. I don't see Miley Cyrus in Camelot. Well, well, anyway, okay. well, I think we should uh, get her on the, <laughs> yeah, We should get her on the phone. She just needs to clean it up a little bit. And David, I've given David, actually, before so we really started, he has we the number, and we're going to dial that right now, and let's see if she answers. What, what do and, I say? Hold on. Well, we'll feed you some stuff. Okay. Oh, jeez, I hope she's not. It's ringing. Oh, this is stupid. What if she does? What if she considers this harassment? Hey guys, it's me, Miley. Leave me a message after the beep, and I'll get back to you whenever I can. Okay, don't hang up your phone. Don't hang up the phone, David. Hello. Hi, Miley. I'm Gene Galvin. And uh, Megan Hills, and we're here with I'm Jerry Springer. Hey, Miley. And, and uh, well, what am I saying? I expect her to answer me when I say, <laughs> Hey, Miley. How, how you well, doing? Wait, let her answer. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. You got her answering machine, but hey, well, so what could we tell her if she's marrying into this political family? Do you do you have any yeah. thoughts? Maybe Megan? put some pants on. Be okay, helpful. start there. Start right yeah, there. Yeah, That'd yeah. be pretty yeah. basic. Yeah. No, I um. So advice for because you're marrying into a, the, into yeah. a political First family. First of all, lots of, lots of luck with yeah, it. Yeah, lots mm-hmm. of luck. Yeah. If, keep, if in fact you marry yeah. Patrick, the serious like advice nice is keep your family private. Mm-hmm. You know, don't. Also. Yeah. Pants. Pants. Yeah. <laughs> Pants and private. Anything with a P. Pants and private. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, <laughs> here's another one what? with Arnold Schwarzenegger as her oh, father-in-law. Yeah. Don't follow him. Follow your mom. Yeah, well, because the mom's the Democrat. Yeah, That's always oh, good. Yeah, and well, and Billy Ray wouldn't be a Republican. Well, I don't think we don't know. Achy breaky hard. No, it sounds pretty Democrat, doesn't it? <laughs> that's that a sounds Democrat. Like, it sounds pretty liberal. Yeah. Democrats hey, break hearts. That, that's right. Republicans <laughs> aren't romantic. Yeah, they've got the money. They've got they, the they money. They don't break any hearts. They, you know, they can't be uh, yeah. intimate. Maybe she could. Republicans. <laughs> no, maybe so the, she could learn how to do a clean and jerk. There because, we go. Yeah. Because Arnold's a weightlifter, so maybe if she learned how to do a clean and jerk, and mm-hmm. it sounds like something she might already know how to do, I don't know. She needs to put down some of the stuff that she's smoking too. She's really, really into publicly getting high in her concerts oh, and really? answering. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so she's yeah. got to probably pull back on that a bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, well gosh, uh, Miley, uh, hey, it's great to talk to you again. What about <laughs> the Peace Corps? She could join the Peace Corps. She could serve in Mongolia or Tanzania or something. Because remember, Sergeant Shriver, oh, he who would be, be yeah. her, God rest his soul, her grandfather, I yes, guess, yes. started the Peace Corps. Yes. There you go. Yeah. You've got great advice. And she should oh, have well, called hey, Angelina Jolie. Meanwhile, how one. long <laughs> is this machine? Well, Normally, as long as we don't hang up, and she probably knows really? a lot of people, gets a lot of messages. Yeah. And so I have one more. The, the Kennedy family were sailors. They did a lot of sailing. Yes. JFK was yes. a sailor yeah, at, and, up in Hyannisport. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, she should be careful when you jibe. The boom's going to come over your head. You got to duck if you're going to make a turn into the wind, attack I into the wind. I used to sail. 
Yeah, you did. See, I saw you sail. You saw me sail. You took my sailboat, sailed it across the lake, and I said, do you know, you had your wife with you, and I said, do you know how to sail? And you said no, and then I wondered, how in the hell are you going to get back? Because you have to know how to sail to come back against the wind. Eventually, the wind goes in another direction. Yeah, wait till like Wednesday, you mean? We came back Wednesday. We came back Wednesday. We were back Wednesday. Well, Miley, thanks a lot. Thanks, Miley. We apologize. And, and we are so, lo- yeah, so I sorry. I apologize. This was not my idea, but I, I hope things work out for you and, Congratulations. and Patrick. Thanks, Congratulations. Thanks, Congratulations. Congratulations. Jerry, we have Ian James here Speaking of getting at the high. table. Speaking yes. of getting Speaking high. Of. <laughs> and Ian James is a spokesman for an organization called Responsible Ohio. Responsible Ohio, that's like Fox saying fair and balanced. You think well, on a marijuana issue, so you're quarreling yeah. with Res- that? Responsible. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm... Well, yeah, it's on the ballot this in November. Tell our listeners exactly what's on the ballot. Sure, we're we're going to put the issue on the ballot in, uh, for the November 2015 general election. It's a constitutional amendment in Ohio to allow uh, 21 and older citizens and folks to yeah. purchase and consume and possess uh, up to an ounce of marijuana. They'll be able to grow marijuana at home, four plants, four flowering plants. Uh, they'll be able to have medical marijuana. As well, it sets up a three-tier system, not to belabor the, uh, the, the details here, but essentially it's a very well-regulated, uh, tightly organized, tax-tested system uh, because the reality is in Ohio right now, just like in Kentucky, uh, you can pick up your phone, you can call somebody, you can text, you can email, and you can have marijuana delivered to your house in 10 minutes, and that's faster than you can get a pizza. Yeah. Uh, so we want to regulate it. We want to tax it. as long, though, it? Not as long. You can't do that legally. You can't do that but legally. You're just the economics oh. of it. It's here. It's now. It's, it's happening. And, and in Ohio, we spend $120 million a year to enforce marijuana laws. When you look at the real needs that Ohio has in the state, uh, we can better spend that $120 million every year so on something else. So to a citizen of Ohio, if this passes, they may have possession of an ounce of marijuana. Correct. How much is that? How long does that last on a series? Well, I think it just depends on what your consumption rate is. If you're an ounce, I don't know anything about <laughs> I admit, I don't. It's but how ch- much is that going to last you? Well, when, it, you know, because when I have Coke, a, a cola, uh, <laughs> it's eight ounces. Yeah, I, I, I went to... <laughs> I, I get eight ounces. I don't get one ounce. It's in, gosh, it's gone. Right. I, see, I, I went to Ohio University, so an ounce back then in the 80s probably wouldn't have lasted that long. But I, I think uh, for a lot of folks, an ounce lasts a, a very long time. Unless, of course, you're a, you're a person with chronic illness. You've got Parkinson's. You're a, a veteran yeah. served overseas. Yeah. You, and you have PTSD or you have a, a child with epilepsy. Yeah. You know, th- this is a, a, a plant that actually does help people in a medicinal way, as well as, I mean, we just want to treat marijuana like alcohol. Uh, right. you know, we, we've got people that drink alcohol. I'm not one of them, but I, there are a lot of folks that do, and well, they enjoy it, and they legal, do responsibly. If you want to make it legal, and I, I get that. Right. I'm late to the game, but I get it. So you want to make it legal. Why is there a one-ounce limit? Initially, when it was illegal, it was a step to say only an ounce because you didn't want people coming in, dealers coming in and selling a lot. But if it's legal, what's the difference if someone wants to sell it? We've got to start somewhere. And it, I think with Ohio, it's not a it's not a red state. It's not a blue state. It's a really it's a purple state. Yeah. And if you go much more than an ounce, if you go to greater quantities, you're going to have a problem. Now, I will say this, that with being able to grow at home, you'll be able to have in your house, in your possession, if you're 21 and older, you'll be able to have eight ounces. So that may be more to your liking. Well, it's more like, it's more like Coke, Coca-Cola. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't like, I got to say, just for the record, I don't like Coke. I just like the way it smells. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling, you've never, you've never smoked pot. Joking aside, this is God's truth. I haven't. Now, now there's a reason for it. Because there's, I'm not talking about morality or anything like that. I graduated college in in June of 65. And I'm telling you, and I'm not the most naive person in the world, and it was college at Tulane University in New Orleans, so it isn't like some, it wasn't um, Liberty University with uh, Jerry Falwell. You know, it was Tulane, it was New Orleans. The campus, we didn't smoke. Back then, you would have weekend beer parties. You'd have a keg and with a fraternity and the sorority and all that. It was that kind of stuff. But nobody was doing drugs on the college campuses in the early 60s. You know, certainly not where I was. So it wasn't like I was being straight and everyone else was having a great time. We never even thought about it. Now, that's June of 65. In November of 65, Lyndon Johnson has the big call up for Vietnam. That is when all of a sudden marijuana became all of a sudden the favorite drug of lots of young people. That's when you started to have the draft getting out of control. That's when you started to have the big protests with the war. But in September of 65, when all that was starting, I was starting law school. Well, back then, you know, I went to law school at Northwestern. They told us If anyone is caught smoking marijuana, you will not be admitted to the bar. So you can go to law school as long as you want, but you will not be admitted to the bar. I remind people that a few years later, this fellow Ginsburg was nominated for the Supreme Court, and he literally had to drop the nomination for the Supreme Court, an incredibly bright guy, because he admitted when he was in college, he smoked marijuana. So the times have changed. So therefore... No one in law school would even mess with that. You're not going to throw away your whole career. Nobody at my university gave that message. You didn't go to college. You went to Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. You went to Xavier. I did. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about people who went to college. Hey. So I got, it's hey. a joke. It's hey. a joke. It's a joke. I'm in Cincinnati. What, am I crazy? Yeah. Hey, I knew, so. I knew two people. I was in Volunteers in Service to America after college, Vista, started by Sergeant Shriver as well, by the way. It's part of the Peace yeah. Corps. Two of the uh, volunteers uh, were blocked from becoming volunteers because they had some weed sent in in an envelope, mailed uh, a letter with some yeah. weed in it, smoked it, and got kicked out of there. Yeah. It, was, it was a different era, and you're right, it was just beginning to happen. And, and isn't it true, and we're getting into the history of marijuana, that's not really your thing, but Vietnam really brought a lot of weed smoking. First of all, there was a lot of weed in Vietnam, and the weed that I smoked came from Vietnam, a buddy of mine that brought it back in a sleeping bag, rolled up and mailed back home, and he brought yeah. back a huge amount. Well, I've a, been to Nam, but we'll talk about that later. Another time. Is there poll data saying this can pass? There is poll data. We've been polling since September. We poll every week, and uh, we find that 57% of Ohio voters want uh, personal use of marijuana. Were they uh, smoking at the time they I took the poll? I don't know if they were smoking at the time. We didn't ask that question. Yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's knee? next week. Probably next <laughs> How week many we'll fingers do you see? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Probably next week we'll ask that. But what, what we also find is that you know, the one category of, the, of demographic group where we have the, the biggest hurdle is with seniors. But we, we do find that when we talk uh, to seniors about uh, the treatment of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, yeah. 
PTSD for our exactly. veterans, uh, epileptic kids needing uh, medicinal marijuana, that they come over in droves. Look, it's happening, period. I mean, you know, we started this whole um, podcast idea, Gene and I did, and, and, and Megan with the idea that liberals always win. I mean, that's the name of the company that we have that literally produces this. Other than being a joke trying to, you know, give it to people that are conservatives, the truth of the matter is that all these social issues, eventually in time, historically, liberals do always win. The world becomes more liberal. The country becomes more liberal. We're always going to move in that direction. So you could win this November, and you're telling me that the polls showed that you probably win. But even if you didn't, you'll win the next year. It's happening, period. And a younger generation thinks this is even silly that it's a discussion anymore. They're so sure that this is what they do. Who would have thought that Ohio, there are four states that have marijuana legal. One's a red state. That would be Alaska. Mm -hmm. And then the others are? Uh, Washington State, Oregon, and Colorado. And then District of Columbia as well. Who would have thought, Jerry, that Ohio, because you've lived, I've lived in Ohio or northern Kentucky my whole life, and you've lived in this region as well for a bunch of your life, who would have thought that Ohio would be in that fifth position? I wouldn't have thought that. I would have picked off some more. I would have picked off New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Tell us what, how Ohio fell into the rotation so early and who is in support of this and who will the opposition be? What, what are you guys up against? We literally about 16 months ago started talking about this. I, I had an idea watching uh, the country shift. And at that time, I think there were 20 some states that had medical marijuana and it became apparent that it was inevitable. This was going to happen. And instead of just going the route of let's do medicinal and as a fig leaf, because I think everybody understands, like, look, you start with medicinal, you're going to get to personal use before too long. Just be honest. Let's, let's be the first state. Let's return to that standards of being first to flight. Let's be the first state to have personal use and medicinal use at the same time. Let's be adults and let's have an adult conversation about this. Uh, and as we did that, we, we found that there was growing support for it. Uh, and the polling proved it out. Uh, we brought on the Obama data team uh, that, that did all the national uh, data dive, and they've been helping us drill down through all the voter strata to figure out where we have support, where we have opposition, and where we have neutral folks. And we're systematically going through, as we get the signatures, uh, we'll start doing door knocks, we'll start doing phone calls, we'll start with a lot of social media. And it's really about uh, engaging the voter. We took an off-off-year election, which seems crazy to a lot of people, but we took an off-off-year election because they're local races. And you get to have a really good, solid, face-to-face, personal conversation with voters that you can't have in a, in a gubernatorial or a presidential election cycle. Plus, those, those election cycles are cost prohibitive. Let me offer some concerns on, on a serious note, uh, because you mentioned this is an adult conversation, and that's great. But the reality, and I, I have family in Colorado, and so this actually has become a discussion, uh, having no idea that we would be doing a podcast on this. The kids, and we can have whatever view. Oh, look, come on, it's marijuana. You know, you're not going to go out and kill someone or whatever. You know, it, it, all that kind of thing. But I venture to say, if you're a parent and you walk into your 12 year old kid's room and do not think for a second that if this becomes legal, the 12 year old kid isn't going to get it. Okay, you're going to answer me and say, "Well, they probably already have it, whatever." But the fact. I would think as a parent, or now as a grandparent, 
I, I, I do. Maybe I'm just showing my age, but I get a little queasy at the idea of walking into a room and my 12-year-old kid is they're just puffing on smoke. And, and, you know, what about alcohol down in the liquor yeah. cabinet, though? It's going to be around. We've got experience with that. And in most cases, parents are really pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying there's not an alcohol problem, but somehow disciplining your kids, not certainly not to be drinking at home or whatever, not, you know, unless you have a real alcohol problem, we've kind of learned the limits on that. Most people, Mm -hmm. we kind of have learned that this marijuana stuff is new. And if I'm a 12 year old kid, man, I can do it now. You know, and, and that's a lot of families around the dinner table are going to be dealing. Well, Dad, why can't I? Be? Well, you have your homework to do. Oh, man, I'll do it later. I think this is a real, not a philosophical or intellectual discussion. It is a real mom, dad, and what do you do with your kid? Because I certainly would want my kid, you know, she's grown now, or certainly my grandson, to stay away mm-hmm. from that until... Sure. He's pretty much, look, teenagers, by definition, use bad judgment. That's why we call them, I mean, that's a teenager, someone who uses bad judgment, you know? Right, I remember those days. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still not out of them. (laughs) Uh, So make me feel better about that. Sure, well, in Colorado, the teenage use actually has gone down, uh, and that's uh, partly because once you legalize and you regulate it and you're able to drop the price of marijuana below the street price— you're able to undercut the black market. You're not going to snuff out the black market. You're not going to completely sure. kill them. I don't think anybody that says that's kind of kidding themselves. But you're able to undercut them. And once you undercut the black market, you do take away that gateway effect. Because the marijuana is not the gateway. The drug dealer is. And the drug dealer mm-hmm. doesn't card kids because they don't care how old those folks are. If they've got yeah. cash in hand, they're going to sell them marijuana or whatever else. And the, and the problem with the gateway at the drug dealer is it's opening the code on one side and saying, Hey, I've got some marijuana. And then the other side, I've got some Oxycontin or some other harder narcotics that you can have. And boy, are you going to have fun? So it's, you're absolutely right about the being concerned about that. But once we have a regulated system where you have to be 21 to get marijuana, you, and they will be checking IDs. And if anybody sells to anybody underage, they go to jail. According to this constitutional amendment, it's jail for sale. You lose your license, you go to jail. It's getting really tough on that. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. That's good. Mm -hmm. All right. That's good. Yep. Hey, thank you very much, Ian. Uh, Ian uh, James from Responsible Ohio. Thank you. And could we just could we just turn the fan on in here to the smoke? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Jerry, let me introduce to you. I don't think anybody here has ever smoked marijuana, so they're catching up on a lot of this humor, I think. Um, Casey Campbell. And by the way, first of all, Casey Campbell is the Jerry Springer podcast, Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, musical coordinator. And we thank you for doing that, Casey. He's part of, a, he's part of our team. And uh, he is our featured songwriter for the evening. And Casey, please do a song, and we're going to talk about it when you're All done. All right. The song is called Carolina. I met a girl, and I swore I had loved once before. Time wore that memory away. Strange glances, and we shared a few dances. We smoked cigarettes on. 
became the topic of all conversation. She had a way of turning water to wine. The shadows were lifted and the flood water shifted. She cast out a line that I missed every time. Taken, there would be no mistaking. We needed for nothing but just a little more time. Carolina, sweet Carolina. No, it sounds silly to say, but I lose myself thinking. good friends of mine, uh, Mr. Stephen Williams and Mr. John Oaks. And I didn't write about anybody in particular. We didn't write about anybody in particular. Just sort of this picture of a sad old country song we wanted to sing. So, But I, um, I always find somebody in mind, you know. Sing something long enough, you're going to find somebody personal. So I always send this out to that one. Everybody's got one that got away. I don't care how happy you are. Carolina, please don't go for the moon has blood in its eyes and the light shining down cuts through the clouds that burn in my bones where your memory lies in no Can I hold it 
Thank you. Dad, that is beautiful. Thank you very much. And uh, you're talking about the one that got away. Well, we have a surprise for you. Bring it on out. No, oh, I'm sorry. God. I keep good luck. so natural. I keep good luck <laughs> finding her. Yeah. Well, you think it's tough to find her. If they can find her, they can have her right away. Yeah, watch Thursday's show, folks. <laughs> hey, oh. by the way, Jerry, isn't, I mean, That's this amazing. region, and Casey's yeah. an example, every songwriter, singer we've had is unbelievable. And by the way, Casey's lining up these acts, and God bless him for putting himself into the rotation, yeah. because that is phenomenal. Oh, well, thank you. Keep putting and, yourself in. That is. Oh. That's as good um, as I've heard. That was yeah. by request. By Just so you guys know, I didn't yeah. like throw myself in here. Gene, <laughs> Gene told me he wanted me to do this. Absolutely. <laughs> no, that, that is absolutely true, and, and he's as, uh, it's fantastic. Hey, tell us a little bit about uh, what's your background to do roots music today at your age? Well, Where'd you come um, from? Well, I was born and raised in Alabama. Um, I uh, lived there until I was out of college, and then I moved up here. I worked at a cabaret theater across uh, town in Newport. No kidding. Yeah, I worked at uh, it's uh, Shadowbox Cabaret is the name. They've moved up to Columbus since, but I did sketch comedy and rock music, and uh, I've played music my whole life. My dad was a drummer in a country band when I was growing up, wow. and uh, sings, and so I've been singing longer than anything. Uh, been around music for a good long while and uh, I j moved into roots music kind of about the time I moved here is when I was really getting serious about wanting to learn guitar and uh, I just started finding <clears throat> music that means something to me and uh, I ended up finding all these old songwriters and I really delved into like Woody Guthrie and guys who kind of you know they spoke their mind with their guitar and a real simple voice and something about that just really spoke to me and I was very fortunate enough to uh, get to know Matt Williams and Mary Williams, his uh, wife now. They were my neighbors in Covington. They were some of the first real Cincinnati people. And I they're met. the owners of the folk they're school the coffee of the folk parlor. School, and, yeah. uh, that's okay. how I got involved with this whole place. Great. And they introduced me to the entire scene that I'm in now. And the, as you said, the roots-based community in Cincinnati is... Uh, bar none. Well, thank you very much for being part of our team and helping yeah, us carry this pleasure. on. Truly. Before we t ask you to take us out mm -hmm. with that old folk standard, uh, Hootie Ledbetter, yes, Irene sir. Goodnight. Yeah. Jerry, I want to introduce a, a, an element that we're uh, okay. introducing this evening. And it's a, an editorialist. And it's an old uh, baby boomer curmudgeon guy who's got some attitudes. And he's got a wonderful attitude about marijuana and marijuana reform. And it's Morrison Hendricks, and I'd like to have us hear him oh, right yeah. now. Okay. Hey, Jerry, it's time once again for Morrison Hendricks. He read the news today, and oh boy, the times they are a-changing too damn fast. He's talking about his generation, he's wasted away again, he's mad as hell. He's got to get back to the garden, he's the crybaby boomer, Morrison Hendricks. Okay, here's another little piece of my mind. Marijuana legalization. You millennials are all congratulating yourselves for how enlightened up you are. But my generation, we were there doing the front lines in this fight. You don't know the sacrifices we made. Who was it who proved to the world that smoking bananas makes you throw up? It was us. Who was it who created the myth that Puff the Magic Dragon was a song about weed? It was us who added 7.3% to the net worth of Ziploc bags. We did. <laughs> so now a bunch of states have passed laws legalizing marijuana. And when your state decides to pass another one just like the other one, just remember who it was who, who 
What was I talking about? <laughs> I don't know what. You might be surprised to know that I don't really care which way the wind blows on this subject. I pretty much used up my lifetime allocation before most of you were even born. And by the way, I am not going to lie to you the way all the politicians do and say that when I was young, I experimented with marijuana one time. <laughs> any scientist will tell you that experiments aren't any good unless they're repeated. Repeated. <laughs> all the relevant data shared with your peers who will also then replicate the experiment repeatedly. It's just science. Where was it? Uh, marijuana. It's going to be legalized more and more places. And today's generation will never appreciate the groundbreaking work that we plowed. You know, our movement never had a Martin Luther King. Well, maybe we did, but if he had a dream, he didn't remember. I'm Morrison Hendricks. Till next time, you're sincerely wasting away. Morrison Hendricks. There you go. Good to hear from him. We got to get him more. We can get him pretty I regularly think we're on the podcast. Have him on more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Casey, if you'll take us out, Irene, tonight. I sure will. You'd like everybody to sing this with us. Well, I love Irene, Lord I'm gonna love her till the sea runs dry But if she ever takes to another Then I'm gonna take been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, sponsored by the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Hope to see you all again real soon. On January 24, 2006, 24-year-old Jennifer Kessie was reported missing when she failed to show up for work. The only lead in the case? A mysterious person of interest captured on video leaving her car. To this day, that person and Jennifer's whereabouts are still unknown. Unconcluded is a real-time investigative podcast taking another look. You can subscribe or listen on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app.